What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Unlike Lisa Barlow's ring, my sparkle is never hard to find. I'm finding my flow, just like Heather Gay's urine in the back of a Sprinter van. Okay, I didn't know where you were going. With that. I was gonna be like Shannon Major, the pad that Vicky was I'm hitting. I'm hitting the pavement hard, just like Shannon Bedore in a car. Oh, too soon, too, too soon. Too soon. I was talking about the pad that she was wearing that Vicky thought looked like TP. Oh, I'm sorry. You that, you were going to the event that actually that. happened in real life this week. I'm Good so stuff. sorry. I was doing the almost make believe. <laughs> On that note, you guys, it's Andy's girls. It's episode I don't know. Leave me alone. And I'm so excited for a return guest who's. First visit to the Clawfist is this today. Is, He's looking around in wonder. It's truly incredible. I, I, I'm just, I'm really in awe because this, it's so nice, you guys. It's so nice. I think I'm not gonna lie. It's, it's so nice. I mean, she always says it's so nice, but to actually be here in person, it is, it really is kind of breathtaking in a way. I know. I'm used to living in such kind I of know. like hectic, chaotic mess, yeah. well, and this is just beautiful like you it, it gives me more insight to you as a person that you oh hello i mean you must be just completely put together in every facet of your life if this is how yes you live. absolutely <laughs> as in every facet of my life and shout out by the way to tori healy lisi and studio piccolo who designed the clawfus in the rest of my apartment listen it's andy's girls you guys you guys it's andy's girls um did i introduce you i don't think i did Pop oh i don't culture. think so yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry People are like, we, we know who it is. He said the Heather Gay pissed <laughs> Just joke. a couple of professionals. Me like, I don't know if I actually said your name. Um, Welcome pop culture commentator and host of the podcast, So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, presented by Betches, currently in the midst of his like East Coast tour. Yeah. This Sir is... Ryan Bailey, welcome to Andy's Girls IRL. How are Good. we? Good. This is Premier Week. You, you are the, and also you are the first podcast that I have guested on wow. in the last month. So oh my it God, is, an honor. I mean, it's, I'm sure. A truly, literal it's honor. Like, no, it's so, I like, you know how it's like when you're running so fast, like during all the Vanderpump Scandaball stuff, and we were like, just like, you're doing your own show One every day and the then next. guesting on, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. and it was just yeah, nonstop. It was, it was nuts. It like, was nuts, Phil. And yeah. it's weird to like not have guested on a show in like a month yeah. or anything. So it's really kind of good, but it's, there's like an eeriness to it. But also I'm in your yeah. closet. That's also. Clawfist. Your clawfist. The disrespect. Watching Sarah get angry in person. <laughs> it's the fumes. <laughs> Don't bring it out of me, okay? It's, it's always right underneath the surface, just lurking. Um. So listen, a lot of people want to know, how are you feeling today? Oh, yeah, today? No, I was talking to Sarah about this before. My mom passed away. It'll be a month today. So sorry. And, it, you know, this has been going on for a year. And uh, it really it messes with you in different ways. And I don't really, I haven't had a lot of experience with death and somebody that I was this close with. So it's been very weird. And even looking at it from like outside of your body of like, oh, that's interesting. You'll be like, oh, that's interesting. I don't mm -hmm. have energy to get out of bed right now. Like things like that. Or you'll chastise yourself for, I should, like I had so much energy three months ago. Yeah. Like I was able to like knock out three pods and now it's like 
if I do something basic, I'll be like, I need to lay down for hours yeah. or I'll have a great, like I've had such a great week over at Betches working and putting the show back out. And then I'll, I'll just, uh, I'll just have a really bad night. I'll just like, kind of just get in my head. Mm-hmm. And that's where Bravo and these shows, they do have this kind of comfort food. And even through this month, I've still watched all the Bravo shows. It is interesting how you relate to them, Yeah, but it's weird. It's like, it's a whole, my dad always, my dad calls it like the new weird normal and we're leaning, him and my sister and me, you know, we're all leaning on each other a lot more than we ever have. Mm-hmm. And I will say, I think there was this fear of uh, well, where do we go now? And in the last month, just being in Arizona and putting the memorial together and, and with all of our friends and, you know, we were, I was like, man, we are a stronger family now. I mean, we've always been strong, but I, I, I'm so thankful mm-hmm. that I have them. And it's, it gives me a whole new appreciation for my dad, watching him go through this. And I think now it's kind of like, we'll make operation save Bill Bailey, my dad, you know, because this is 53 years. Imagine. Yeah. My parents have been married for like 53 years. Yeah. Before. Like, even, yeah. you know, and they would bicker like this old married couple that they were, but even in just having that quiet now, we'll talk, uh, you know, my dad will be like, it, it's just quiet because my mom, like me, would just fill all the space with talking. And now he's just like, I'm, I, I'm not used to getting full thoughts out. Like I had him on the show on Monday, like, so he could thank oh, the wow. audience because dude, the audience sent like my mom, like a thousand cards. Like, I mean, it was, we set up this whole thing at the memorial. It was just a photo of it. It was beautiful. It was just really, uh, I'll never forget that. But my my dad joked and said, I'm actually able to complete thoughts now on your podcast because my mom would always interrupt him. Mm. And it's like, it's funny, but there's also like this kind of sadness to that was that when he is so used to having her fill in those thoughts or interrupt him. And he was just like, I miss all of that so much, Yeah, you know? So it's every day's I'm finding it different, but that's why I'm so happy to be here and to see you and be in New York someplace different. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's just that weird thing of wanting to text your mom all the time. Like I still have her, like she was like my number one pinned on my text messages. And I keep having that muscle memory of like, look at me at the office, mom. She was so proud of it. She knew about this Betches move and, she uh, she was so excited for this. This was supposed to start like last month and we were supposed to have like two more months uh, with her, uh, or at least that's what hospice had told us. And then that last week just went crazy nuts. Um, but uh, she was just so wanting this for me. Like I never, I lost my biggest supporter and my biggest fan, period. Like she liked every one of my stupid Instagram posts, had no mm. clue what I was talking about. She would read all the comments, even the negative ones and all that. I mean, she loved all of this stuff. And uh yeah, that's the stuff that'll really I don't know how that's gonna feel. Like I'm yeah. I'm I'm interested to see how the holidays go and you know, uh yeah, that's it. Say, hey guys, happy, happy weekend or whenever you're listening no, to this. No, we don't have to be. They if we were happy in this episode, they'd be like, What absolutely am I listening to? It is also it gets to the thing when a person is dealing with any kind of grief or trauma of like the adjustment into or the adjustment of identity of like I identified as this person in relation to this other person, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it's like, it's sort yeah. of the adjustment of how do I identify now? Like I can only imagine for your dad identifying obviously as Bill Bailey, but also as the husband of. Yeah. And so now it's like this new kind of, it, it sort of gets into a little bit of like an identity confusion of like, wait, so who am I now? So when it gets yeah. into like recording the podcast and 
saying there's no break here. There's no one cutting in. Yeah. That was sort of a part of my identity. Identity was that kind of interaction. You're, you're so dead on right. It's like my, my parents were on like 70 times on my, my podcast. Oh my God. And, uh, it was, and people, I, it gave me a new appreciation for them through my listeners, uh, ear, you know, like they would be like, oh my God, this is amazing. I'm like, oh, that's just my goofy parents. But like, I, I put so much of my life, not on hold because I was able to do the podcast from their place. Most of the time yeah. I spent so much time with them in the last year, but it'll be interesting now, you know, my, there was so much shelf space in my head about my mom's illness. There was mm -hmm. so much, and and that little hope, those life rafts that would go out, you know, and I know you've experienced, mm -hmm. the, you know, those little life rafts of, oh, maybe this treatment will work. Maybe this treatment will work. And to watch each of those treatments um, not work and to watch her have to slowly accept that and to watch her change in these small ways, um, it, 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 that's the stuff that haunted me even when she was here. And so there was that kind of beautiful release for her and also for us in the sense that we don't have to watch her suffer in the way she was. I mean, I've never met a woman that has, is stronger than my, my mother. And, uh, I mean, she wasn't even taking her pain medication cause she wanted, she didn't, she, she didn't want to, uh, she wanted to be as present as possible. Mm -hmm. And, and, and you just only realized how much pain she was probably going through in that last week when she started taking her pain medication and the cancer was able to probably do what it had wanted to do a lot sooner. Mm. Um, but it, you know, it's unfortunate and unfor like, I hate to break it to everybody. N none of us get out of this alive. Like, it's not like she was an unlucky one. Like we all have to go through this one day. And I just think the overwhelming, uh, it's just all, it's all I've been thinking about. And, yeah. and that last, to be there that last week when she had passed. And then the, you know, la the last three weeks of, you know, planning a memorial and, you know, having to identify her body. And, oh my God. Uh, you know, like, and that, I, I mean, just these little things that you're like, is this a movie? Like, I mean, you know, you're having to go in. I'm like, we, we know it's her. Like, there's no way. Why do I have to go like, just do a once over? And, uh, and then to, to the cremation and, and the, the, we did a Catholic mass because my mom was Catholic and, you know, she, she did a full Catholic. She, you know, gave it to us one last time where we had to do the Catholic mass <laughs> And uh, the the priest got her name wrong. Called her Sharon. Called her Sharon. I think it was Sharon. I think it was Sharon. And 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 I'm I'm sitting there with my mom's ashes because I was walking in with her ashes, following the priest. You know, like I guess that's the the ceremony. Jeez. Oh, and I'm he's reading some passage from the Bible, or like I don't know. And I, I, I'm not that familiar with all of the Bible. And he's like, Sharon was at the mountaintop. And I'm like, and in my head, I'm like, is Sharon in the Bible? Like, I don't remember a Sharon in the Bible. <laughs> like, I was like, Sharon really doesn't seem unbiblical. And then I realized the second time that I was like, I think he's got my, and I go, her name was Rebecca. Her Did name he correct? Oh yeah. He corrected. Okay. And then in his homily, he, he, he said, Apologies hey, to yeah. Sharon, <laughs> she's, was but like, she's I was not. like, but even that, like, I was like the sad moment I'm carrying my mom's remains and I'm trying to get in this, you know, headspace and also disassociating wildly. And then to be like, that's not even my mom's name. And then to feel anger. Like I was angry for the first part of that mass. Like I was already angry because just Catholic mass is ridiculous and how you get up, get, it's a lot of exercise. Is it where you kneel? You kneel. And I have a bad, okay. I have a bum knee and it was just like can the you, kneeling. Can you, can you refrain from kneeling? You I'm can, sure, I'm but sure there your is you, There is, but at your mom's funeral, you're already you being like looked you... at like by your friends. Oh you're like, God. this bastard's not even kneeling for his mom, you know? Mm. <laughs> I'm sure people would have understood. Oh, I mean, totally, oh yeah. And it was great. Like we did this great memorial at my sister's house, and uh, it was it was just all they had such a great 
uh, community of retired friends and and mm. I mean they had built such a great community and and that was the thing is and I I had encouraged this to all my listeners is just like man think about my mom once in a while I'll be thinking about her every day and I hope it's all right to keep talking about my mom I hope it's all right because there's never been a woman that has uh, made as much of an impact in my life and there never will be I mean maybe Rachel Levis but other than that uh but if you could see Sarah's dis- Sarah's shame on her face right now. No, the disdain. Yeah. I don't know. I'm navigating through yeah. this. I'm just trying. Yeah. I think the best is just like, keep going, just keep going. And that was my dad too, was that I just remember bear hugging him after she had passed. And, I, you know, we had never cried that much as a family laughing and crying just in the same minute. And then just really bear hugging him. And like, you've got to keep going period. And, uh, It'll be, I'm just, I'm interested to see how he does this next while. It's like now it's going from my mom to my dad and then trying to, to keep all of this stuff that I love so dearly going because, you know, like you do this every day and this is your identity. Imagine this being taken away from you. Oh and so, my God, I would hate it. But I like this last it. month when I didn't do shows, I, uh, cause nobody needs it. We're not like, I, we're not curing cancer. Like this is somewhat helpful to me. This is mainly helpful to me. But not having that uh, springboard to kind of like go through my feelings really like I remember with Betches, I was like, my mom always like show must go on. I was like, no, I I got let's let's keep going. And they're like, no, take take time. I think they probably thought I was crazy at first because I was so uh, worried about stopping. And because I was like, no, I, I think I need to keep going. But it was good to take a couple of weeks off. Yeah. Ryan, I could literally cry. <laughs> no, I'm crying. I know it, it, I, it's okay to cry and I get teary. I mean, there's just so many little things. Like everybody keeps saying, you'll dream about her, but I haven't dreamed about her yet. And I really want to. And I'm like, I'm dreaming about some people like Kyle Cook and Tom Sandoval. <laughs> Tom Sandoval has been in my dreams for like Those the last week. Those are the people. Yeah, we need to hold dear. You know, yeah, but that's absolutely. what I'm saying. Like, I can't get absolutely. a mom visit. Like, I can't get a mom visit in my dreams. I get yeah. Bravo liberties. Well, and what were you dreaming about Kyle Cook? Well, Kyle was because I it was Carl and Lindsay breakup, and right. all of a sudden Amanda and Kyle, I had like a place that they were stay, I let them stay at, I guess. And in the dream, in the dream, like okay. it was, you know, those thing in the dreams that you're just like, well, I guess that's just accepted. It wasn't a conversation. I just knew in my dream that they were staying with me. Yeah. And I said, hey, obviously, I got to ask about Carl and Lindsay. And Amanda just immediately got up and left the room. So I was like, uh-oh. And Kyle goes, I'll give you three questions. <gasps> you three. And so then I went to the bathroom. Like a genie. I went to the bathroom and like kind of pumped myself up because I was like, don't blow this. Okay. And I went back to Kyle. And I, the first question I asked him was about Loverboy because I was like, I'm going to like stoke his ego a little bit. Yeah, go, but you can't do that. with You do that as a podcaster, but you can't do that if you only have three dreams. If you're not three allowed questions, to do three, three questions. questions. See, I went, yeah, to, yeah, but, I but went to another I, place. I, I, yeah. The one question, then he's like, then he loosens up a little bit. He's like, this guy just, this guy is just, he, oh, he yeah, cares about questions. me. And then you just hit him with like, what specifically happened with Lindsay and Carl? And when did you see it uh, happening this season? Like, you know, like what specifically happened? Is Carl dating somebody else? Okay, I was thinking about it like wishes. Oh no, he wasn't a G. He like was Aladdin. Like, no, he said I'll 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 answer three questions about the Carl Lindsay situation. And what did he say in response? I woke up. I mean, that was. I mean, I, so by the way, Sarah's like so invested that she thinks that like I actually made some kind of connection with Kyle. <laughs> but like, you it. never know what can happen in a dream. It's like no. you could really hit some sort of like. 
breakthrough. No, but I think it was like that was it was perfect too that I worry about the same shit in my real life that I do in my dreams of that I don't want to offend. You know, it's like when you'll say something like harsh about a Bravo celebrity and you're like, uh, I hope that never gets back to them because I would never want to hurt their feelings, but at the same time, you can't help but hurt their feelings if you're honest. Mm -hmm. I remember having that feeling in the dream of like, uh, I don't want to upset Amanda here. I don't want to, you know, she's not been the nicest to Lindsay sometimes. I just remember worrying about shit like that. Can I ask what was your reaction to Carl and Lindsay's breakup? Like, what do you think? I wasn't place? surprised, but I was very saddened in yeah. for, for Lindsay because no matter what you think of Lindsay on that show, we have seen now her psychological makeup in terms of abandonment, in terms of relationships. And also with Carl, I have this weird, um, I have this bad thing about idolizing some of the men on Bravo. That oh, that then, is a bad thing. That then turn out to be wildly wrong. Like I started making my bed in the morning just because of Carl, because he'd be like, you got to wake up. You got to do the military square. I started drinking water because of Carl. Like he would get up and then wow. he'd work out. And then you realize, oh my God, all these people that I idolize, they're all just dudes and we're all making the same dumb mistakes and choices and we have such deep internalized fear of I don't know if it's being loved of a, what it is but it's like these women they're so strong and yet we still find ways to blame the women like still I will read stuff about Lindsay of like well she was just horrible he got out at the right time was it the right time they were about to get married you know what the right time would have been before they started planning this huge wedding and in Lindsay's statement her saying that this has been not only my lover but my best friend of the last eight years it takes on a whole new thing and she also said in the statement I was always taught with a relationship of this magnitude you fight for it this was not my choice and that's what really made me sad because obviously they were on two completely separate pages in that relationship. But if they are on two completely separate pages in that relationship and also life, at a certain point, if you're fighting for something, at the end of the day, are you just fighting? Because like, if he knows this is not the direction I want to go and I understand who this person is and maybe before I thought we were adjusting together but maybe I felt I was course correcting too much or whatever sure. I don't want to be in this dynamic anymore what does fighting for it mean uh, obviously I guess I guess that you have to have some understanding that the foundation is still complete love yeah you know even though you're fighting but I will say I think there is a certain thing and I've I've dealt with this and I deal with this in terms of age um, is Spiritually mid twenties plus, obviously. Nobody, <laughs> obviously. Mean, you know, being in my you know eighteen, nineteen year old range that I am right now. No, but like being older is that sometimes you feel like, man, I'm just I'm I'm a I'm broken at this point. You know, like you've got all these things that life has thrown at you. So when you get into your thirties and your forties, these other people that come into your life are dealing with this damage that you might not have fully figured out for yourself yet. And it's different when you fall in love for the first time in high school or junior high and your heart doesn't know what that's felt like yet. You might love somebody on TV or music, but when you actually love a person, mm. your heart's never felt anything like that before. And it makes you feel the best that you've ever felt. I've never, it's such a drug. And then when you get your heart broken for the first time, you've never hurt like that in a million years. And that feeling you're like, holy shit. But then when you get your heart broken, multiple other times in your life, it hurts, but you recognize that feeling. Things have scarred over. Things have like, it, you you come at relationships differently. And I think there's like this sadness in there. And I wonder how much of that plays into Carl and Lindsay as well. I wonder if there are demons that Carl has. I mean, not a, 
not in terms of the alcoholism or anything like that, but demons that he's still facing. Like, I'm wondering, I'm just curious about like, is he been fully honest with himself uh, and what that relationship was like when the cameras were off and it was just the two of them in bed? Yeah. And also sometimes the, um, the sort of complication that you're facing that you're refusing to acknowledge the challenge might be what role am I playing in this relationship? Like, how am I using my voice? Yeah. You know, which I think can get really complicated. And then imagine throwing TV on top of that. A hundred percent. Cause he's playing a part. Uh, they're both, you both, you, everyone plays a role in a relationship. It can change, but certainly there's some sort of role that you're playing of like, I'm the caregiver at this point, And maybe I'm the provider. Or maybe I'm doing both or whatever you're in it changes on a dime and if you're also doing that on tv <laughs> your monthly nut revolves around bravo you're you know paying yeah. your rent revolves around and bravo. it was a very like, expensive rent thousand dollars or yeah. something like that it was a like beautiful view though do you where's that is that close to you uh i think they were maybe sutton placey area actually i what really if i just don't do remember. a tour I don't just, i'm just standing outside <laughs> carl Girl, you up? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, and there's so many different, there's so many layers to their dynamic because I think that there's sort of an assumption that the person that you're with is going to take care of you. Obviously, it's a trust game, but it's sort of built on expectation too. Like this person is not going to hurt me in the ways that, in in the ways that are permanent. You know, like they're not going to break my heart. And then, so if you're in a dynamic with someone who's playing a specific kind of role in your friendship, and then you start shopping them, I mean, I think that there's sort of an assumption that all of us make of like, they're going to treat me maybe as well as they did when we were friends. And it's just a totally different environment and universe. And also people change. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's why, I mean, uh, my parents together 53 years, I do get, I'm like, how, how does that even happen anymore? You know, like, is there, would there ever be any Bravo couple ever that hits 53 years? Well, my parents got married at 21, 22. They didn't have, they didn't have kids for like a hundred years. Yeah. My parents waited too, because they wanted to make sure that they got along enough to like. Oh, mine were more like financial. They wanted to make sure that they could be. They knew you were going to be expensive. (laughs) They knew it. They knew it. They're like the clothes. It would have been, we can't, we can't afford it. I'm a total (laughs) aberration in my family for the things that I'm focused on as far as certain lifestyle accoutrement. But um, yeah, I, I think that it's like the kind of life that you were expecting to have with your partner or, or even the idea that you were thinking that way at 21 22 during vietnam era where my i was talking to my mom about this i was like well, how did this happen <laughs> like you've been together for so long but like how did we why did we think this was going to be the one and she and she said something along the lines of like well it was you know, he was going to Vietnam. My dad so, went like, to Vietnam. That who was, knows what's yeah. going to happen here. And he, she actually thought he wasn't the one. And then he started writing her letters, which is how we fucking get you. To the le- we, my parents with the letters because they were not married. That's how the we letters. get you. Like writer, hashtag writer girl, except it was my dad. It's like very romantic. That's And then my, my dad had to beg my mom's mom uh, to let her go to Hawaii for R&R. In Vietnam, they would send the yeah, kids. Yeah, my parents did that. So I, yeah, you know, they did when the Hawaii meetup. Yep. I had made this whole collage or mm-hmm. slideshow for my mom's memorial and all those pictures of the Hawaii trip where these guys, imagine these kids getting sent from Vietnam to Hawaii for two weeks or something like that. Yeah, I for, and, and then having right? to go back to Vietnam. And my dad was telling these stories as we just like, I just remember that last day with your mom in you know Hawaii, yeah. knowing that I had to go back to Vietnam the next day and go back to war. 
Was your dad stationed in Texas? I think that's where my dad was. Uh, I'm not sure, I but forget. I mean, he... I guess there's only one, right, yeah. in America. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that's the Rhode yeah, Islander in me. I just like yeah. assume everybody's at the same place. Listen, I, we're talking a little bit about relationships and marital dynamics, and I can't stop thinking about something that happened at the beginning of Orange County that has stayed with me since I watched it and I rewatched the episode this morning, which was. Something that Jen said in relation to her... Jen Pedranti? Yeah. In relation to her dynamics with Ryan, where she was essentially saying, I gave up my marriage, my husband, the dynamics that we had together with our kids. You need to hold up your end of the bargain. And I gasped. And I thought to myself, what the fuck was that deal that was made? I was curious for your thoughts about that moment. The deal that she made with Ryan? The deal that she made with Ryan, the deal that she made with herself of like, I'm getting divorced. Not to say that she was getting divorced because of Ryan, but I feel very confused about. Okay, so obviously, yeah, we've danced around it all season long. And I like Jen. I like Jen. I'm super into Jen. Super into Jen. And and then when you were in regards to Tamara, I think it's just completely ridiculous what Tamara has done to her. But at the same time, it is kind of her Achilles heel is that she did get into this relationship while she was in a marriage. Emotional affair. Emotional affair. I, you know, she keeps saying nothing sexual happened, but emotional affair. I mean, she was in that bedroom. sex. Texting him. Involves romance. Right. You don't have to like. All of that stuff. Yeah. But I think it's like betting on the wrong horse. And then when all of this information, you know, even even if it's not correct, like Tamara keeps throwing out like it wasn't just one woman, which, by the way, Cut Fitness does seem like like some kind of swingers group and not an actual so fitness facility. It. Yeah. Like, ha- was there any fitness happening? There's like an upside down seemed, pineapple outside. No, it just yeah. seemed like people would come in and be like, I'm going to fuck her. Like, that's literally Tamara. I love be it. Like, he's just po- like, I love it. Swipe cut- right. I love mean, it. Did it close? I mean, it feels like it might have closed for something. Like just, <laughs> they needed to do they, a full. Yeah, they, yeah they, it was like Candy's dungeon. Out. They it needed to. Like, <laughs> it's like, did anybody even do a push up in there? Um, so yeah, no, I, I think there was something. I feel bad because Jen seems like a really good-hearted person, but then it's an interesting thing when you see past photos of Jen. Very different looking. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I, you could actually say this about Angie Kay a little bit, except for not the relationship part. What she's built herself into now is probably a dream idolized version of what she thinks somebody that has it all going for her looks like. And I think Ryan is a part of that. But I think when you, she was a beautiful woman before, but now she is like that kind of OC, um, uh, I'm trying to think like of an a nice, OC kind of hot, OC kind of, kind of a hot thing. Yeah. I don't think she's ever had somebody like Ryan going after her. Like, I don't think she's ever had a man going after her in the ways that probably Ryan did of like, God, girl, I'd love to see what's going on under that. You know, like, well, also, I'm sure she was putting off the energy of I'm not available. Yeah. And it turns out that's kind of his type. So imagine then being in this relationship that for all intents and purposes, didn't seem like it was very romantic, even though they did have this family that they had built together. All of a sudden, this person saying that I'm beautiful, yeah. all this person saying that I the sun set, the sun rises and sets over me. Mm-hmm. That's got to be really powerful stuff to hear and it probably did sway her in this way that all revolves with the heart but she had to make this honest decision of like listen i'm gonna listen to what my heart's telling me i am feeling so many and it might have just been lust but she might have convinced herself it was love she made such hard decisions to actually leave her husband that she was not in love with anymore to do this and then when you do this and you realize wait this guy actually potentially is full of shit Mm. that's like 
that's like a six, that's like a sixth sense moment at the end when you're like, we're all dead people. Like you're realizing this thing of, wait a sec, I just, I based my entire personality this last three years off of this relationship and it potentially is, you know, and then Tamara's the one to be the one to point out that it's completely false. It's just gotta be, it's like getting sucker punched two times in a row. Ciao, AGs. I am speaking to you right now from Rome, Italy, where I am having a little bit of a European adventure. While I love the city and have had so many unique experiences to historical sites, the Vatican, we went to the Pantheon earlier today, there was a little bit of a hiccup in the apartment that we're staying in. And while I really enjoyed getting to know Fabrizio, the owner of the flat, there was a little bit of a language barrier because I unfortunately do not speak any Italian, even though I have watched The Sopranos all the way through at least three times. And this is where Rosetta Stone comes in. What would have helped me enormously in traveling abroad would have been brushing up, also known as entirely learning, the language of Italian. It could have broken down barriers and conversation with Fabrizio. And I also think speaking the language of the place that you're in is a sign of respect to the locals. It's also the ability to fully immerse yourself in the experience. And me not knowing any Italian, apologies to my grandpa Reno, who did make pizza from scratch, it would have been an incredible and even more incredible memorable experience. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, that's right, German, Chinese, and even more. Rosetta Stone immerses you in so many ways. There are no English translations, so you can really learn, listen, and think in that language you want to learn. It's designed for long-term retention, which is especially helpful for me because while this is my first trip to Italy, I really truly hope it won't be my last. The lifetime membership that Rosetta Stone offers has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses that Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, AGs can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. Ciao. Hey, AGs. Are you ready to add a touch of luxury to your home, just like the Real Housewives? BCC Villa Rosa. Obvs. Introducing Home Threads, where style meets comfort for the ultimate glam experience. Picture this. Chic furniture, one could even say chic c'est la vie, that mirrors the elegance of your favorite housewives' mansions. With exclusive designer collections and a curated selection, HomeThreads.com has everything you need to make your space as fabulous as the housewives themselves and always at the best value. Unlike Joe Gorka's initial attempts at windows, perhaps. Now, I have to tell you, I know that Padma is no longer on Top Chef, and may her memory be a blessing, but nothing has made me feel better prepared to host future seasons and potentially even iterations of Top Chef Upper East Side Edition than the Henkel's clad 
10-piece stainless steel cookware set in silver that I got along with a two-piece stainless steel ceramic nonstick fry set from Zwilling thanks to Home Threads. It makes me feel like I am finally ready to be a top chef one egg over easy at a time. They're gorgeous. They look great in the apartment. For someone like me who lives in New York City which with a very small space, what I have in my kitchen is important because guests who come to visit me see it. And I'm so, so thankful to have discovered Home Threads because now I feel fully prepared to make eggs a la Francais. Head over to homethreads.com today and live your best real housewives life. Go to homethreads.com slash scrolls and get a code for 15% off your first order. Again, that's homethreads.com slash scrolls for a 15% off code off your first order. Home Threads, love where you live. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Well, also, I mean, so much. First off, the difference between how a person makes you feel and who it is that you want to be. Like, I think it's a realization of like, okay, well, I based off potentially, right? No idea. I mean, LOL. But potentially, it's basing the idea of like, this could be my future. This is who I want to be. This, This person makes me feel good in this specific way versus is that really what I want right now? Like, am I basing my identity on their opinion or not projection, but like almost their praise, you know, if that makes any sense. Like it just, it feels a little bit like it's sort of that feeling of when you first maybe start dating with someone or flirting with someone is probably um, more true to their dynamic and their history, how great you feel. But then that kind of, that's the honeymoon period that goes away. But when you're currently married and then that honeymoon period is continuing and then for whatever reason connected to this or maybe this is just a symptom of a greater disease in her yeah former marriage that ends you're now with this person okay am i still the way that he was making me feel before does that still feel as good yeah and the reality of that i mean (laughs) you know Bravo audiences are so great because we can see these things before the people in the scene see them. So like we kind of judge Ryan pretty early in the season, you know, the, the dick pic, the, you know, I well, we don't have an investment in making, in, in making, in convincing ourselves that he's great. Yeah, we don't also, have the burden of that. But I think there we're is like, some, he's a piece of shit. There's some weird alchemy that you see. It's just like Brooks with Vicky. Like we knew immediately yeah. they can't see it for I mean, years, but we knew immediately. So right. we're already doing this thing. And I think, uh, was it uh, one of the OC ladies, maybe it was Emily Simpson said it this week. Like, listen, whatever happens with you and Ryan, uh, whatever. I like you regardless. And but I want to know you. I don't yeah, know who you are. And that's what's going to be. That's why I do want her back for another season. I think she I think she does fit in this interesting way. And it's so sad because you are making investments in something of like, well, I potentially know this relationship isn't going to work. And we're going to see this on film in one of the seasons. If she has gone from a significant long-term marriage, they have five kids together, and her identity as anyone's identity in any dynamic is in well, some way Well, they don't have the kids on... together. I mean, they're sharing the kids. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like they have yeah. the kids together in the sense that like 
we bore children together. These are our kids and our, we're never not going to be these the, yeah. the parents of these kids, even if we're no longer married. So now I'm sure they're doing their co-parenting dynamic. But her relationship and her identity and in her relationship, obviously based in some part of being the wife. And now she's gone from that to the identity of being like Ryan's girlfriend, the one who's maybe going to change him, the one who maybe did. And then your identity changed to like, I'm Ryan's girlfriend on camera. And now this is the way that everybody sees me. And you're in a scene with the cast and the cast is telling you, we don't even know who you are at, after 15 episodes. I would love to see you as who you are next season, independent from this man. Yeah. I wonder for Jen how that is received and processed of like, oh my God, I don't have this man in this dynamic now. Who am I? And also what is my storyline? Well, that's why I think, you know, you saw a little shot, a little like where she would pop through, like when she finally stood up to Tamara two episodes ago at the very end of like, mm. listen, like, and she really like kind of hit Tamara and Tamara for a second was gagged. And I thought that was great because you know, I, I keep saying it, it's like Tamara must be shocked that she came back to the show and it was easy as it was to get to the top already. Like by all intents and purposes, Tamara is ruling that roost on OC once again. Because everyone's afraid, I think. But I mean, like even Tamara, ha I don't think she'll ever admit it, but like I can't imagine she even thought it would be this easy. Like I can't like Tamara is called like we see her behavior. Even those ladies see her behavior and she has some weird mystery about her that it's like magic where people just forget. And then she's able to throw it to somebody else. And it truly is. If you think of housewives as like a survivor type game, instead of actually a reality docu-series, she's the best at it. Sometimes I don't like that about housewives. I don't want it to be a survivor kind of like take people down. I do want to see the human behavior, but she's so damn good at it. I just think with Jen, she's dealing with, uh, obviously Ryan being a potential weirdo, Tamara throwing her under the bus every episode. And then social media playing a part in it now too, is that not only does she hear how her castmates feel about him, but all of us are like, saying weird things about Ryan. That's got to be really weird to deal with in your head. It was, this came up in the last episode of a conversation, or was it the last episode? A an episode recently of conversation around comparing Housewives to Survivor. And I usually forget every single season, but this is the easiest one to remember, which was season 40, Winners at War. And it feels a little bit like Tamara is in the cast of Winners at War and Heather is at home watching. In that Heather is watching Tamara do the thing that she always does and do it so well, manipulating everybody else. And everybody else is like, oh yeah, we understand that Tamara has like won six times, but for some reason in this dynamic, either we're just playing this like supernatural or we are 100% forgetting that yeah. she is ultimately the person who will manipulate everybody to the nth degree. And Heather is literally the person in the audience saying like, no, you're not. I'm watching this. This is yeah. clear as day. And all of you are buying it. And even though you shouldn't because you're all winners, Somehow well, it's so you great, still are. It, since Heather, you know, has her fancy pants thing, since she has her little Achilles yeah. heel, you know, it, it's one of those things where she's seen this happen, but she, we can't even rely on her to be the reliable narrator, even though she is, because all of these ladies have such hard opinions about her that Tamara is like encouraging to come out. So all of a sudden you even had Gina, you know, Gina, like, I don't trust you. And you had Emily, all of these, all of these women that are like, come on guys, you are smarter than this. Don't immediately, you know, just be angry at Heather when Tamara is right there. Like, I don't know. It, it's very fascinating to watch. I really, 
I really have loved this season though. And so I think this season has been so great. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see where they pick up next season. And, and the thing when, uh, last week when, uh, the ladies were on watch what happens live, Tamara said, Vicky said, Oh, who do we not want to come back to OC? And Vicky said, Heather Dubrow. <gasps> and Tamara said, no, no, Vicky, we need her. And to me, that is the clearest point of Tamara producing the show, Tamara knowing that she needs Heather right, to have really somebody does. to like throw under the bus and have yeah. people get angry at. And I think that's so such an interesting and it, it's what makes Tamara so good, but also what makes Tamara so frustrating is that I sometimes don't want housewives thinking eight steps ahead. Meanwhile, they went to this fucking reunion, did their thing, and then Tamra and Heather like went to drinks or dinner or something after, which was so Heather, upsetting to me. See, I was Heather so upset because I know Heather gets in, it. I know Heather gets it. To, but see, I think that's how powerful Tamra is, or how powerful Heather is, where she's like, "I get it." At the end of the day, you're doing your job. Somebody's got to take. That, even somebody's got to take a hard stance of like. You stay away, Tamara. I'm not even engaging no, in a conversation. That's I why know, Orange County is so good that she would go to drinks with her after. If you talk to Tamara, she must have you. And by the way, I've known for like, I've had people for years tell me that were like in that kind of ecosystem of the OC housewives that even t when Tamara wasn't on the show, she would do that thing of sliding into people's DMs and trying to get information about the ladies. Like she, she Wait, calls, sliding into whose DMs? Just people in that ecosystem of not OC. content creators but like literally no literally Susan people, who goes to coffee yeah, after exactly like she would someone. try okay. to get information like and the thing don't about, you think they all do that though they do that but I think some people re, like some people it's live like in and your die Google Cal 20 minutes a day from 9 to 9 20 every morning but the yeah. thing is what I and I don't know if Tamara even admits this to herself is that Tamara is completely comfortable with lying she's completely comfortable with lying and the fact that she'll be like no I don't I don't do that. We see it every episode. Tamara go, I didn't say that. We know it. it's on film. You do said you it. Do you think that she is? I mean, I guess it sort of doesn't matter, except maybe it does. Do you think that she is lying or does she truly believe in that moment that she didn't do that thing? See, I the don't fact know. that you even put that question out there means that Tamara's working on you. Tamara's oh, she 100% Because Tamara would use, Tamara would be like, oh, Sarah said that. Oh, it's the second one. It's the second one. I'm definitely not lying. I think in that moment, like we always give her the way out. Benefit of the doubt. We give Tamara that benefit of the doubt, the way out. So Tamara will never have to admit that she just full blown lies. So if she, She's not playing by the rules and you have these other women, if we're judging it by like a survivor type thing, Heather's trying to play by the rules right now. Heather's trying to be like, wait, I didn't say this or I said this or yeah, I do get people gifts, but that's just what I do. Like it's, it's interesting because there's no rules when it comes to Tamara. Tamara is like thrown out the rule book. And I think that's why she's like really successful. But then I'm watching the episode, which I watched twice, obviously, which is like, you know, the absolute minimum a person can. <laughs> and I was watching her. I'm like, but she really does. I, I started arguing with, with myself because at first I was like very mad at Gina during the first episode. The second episode, I was like, oh, Gina seems like genuinely upset. So like, I don't, I'm not going to say she's dumb. I'm just going to say she's so wrapped up in Heather not trusting her that now the next level of that is like, now I know what she doesn't trust me because she never liked me to begin with. And the Tamara stuff though, I'm I'm watching her fight. I'm like, I really do think Tamara believes that Heather said these things that she's just now I think you gotta repeating. watch it a third time. I think you gotta go back and watch it a but third I time. But I really do think that she believes that. I, I don't. I don't believe, but, but this is why I think 
This is why I think she's so good. This is why, like, so it's weird. Like, you guys might think I'm complaining about her, but I think she's, like, obviously a needed part of this show. I just think it's interesting because it's the evolution of Housewives. She's like a Terminator. Like, th- th- I think she she has this kind of rule book that is like a non-rule book, and she can just rule the roost. Like, I thought coming to her coming back was, I was like, uh, and then I was like, wow, this was so necessary. She really got in there and was able to throw Jen under the bus, point fingers towards uh, Heather. Make Shannon feel bad every 30 seconds. Shannon Shannon started the season of like, I'm not going to trust her. It's going to take a while before I let her in. Within the third episode, Shannon was like crying on her bosom. No. I mean, poor Shannon. Poor Shannon. My queen. My number one. (laughs) Poor Shannon. I have a little Starbucks. This isn't my cup, you fucking bitch. It's a Starbucks (laughs) thing that I have my sodium stuff in. I love Shannon should change her name just to poor Shannon. Because that's what we always say. Like 10 seasons of poor Shannon. She's really str- <laughs> she is really struggling right now on that episode and like in life and the last episode and the episode before that and the last several seasons that we have seen. But isn't it interesting though with Shannon? Like Tamara, we know she's like she's a hustler, she's good. She's no, fine. Shannon just cares. She so just wants to I'm help Tamara, her. But yeah, but I Shannon, know. but Shannon, I know. We sit there and go. She just needs Tamara to help her. Even when she does horrible things on the show, when Shannon, when I don't even agree with what she's saying or like I'm taking my mic off, things that would normally make me upset about any other housewife. With Shannon, I'm just like, I I love her. I I love her. She can run her car into a house. I love her. Like, I know well, it's dangerous. I know yeah, it's like, we don't, we but I love her. We don't love you that. Know, but yeah. You know you mean the that internalized. You, have, you can hold her accountable and still have a come from a place of empathy, you know, like yes. concern. And also, yeah. I think it's one of those things is that you root for certain people. And I think I will always root for Shannon because, I mean, let's let's just be honest. I mean, she does need some form of kind of treatment or rehab. We've seen even this season and many other seasons that drinking does not seem to do wonders for her, but also, and I've, I've had moments like this in my own life where she must feel like she is a better person when she drinks. She must feel like she's looser. She's funnier. Um, you don't, you don't think that? I don't think she thinks she's a better person. I think she thinks that she is coping in a specific way to feel like a different person. I feel like she, I don't think she thinks it's a better option i think she thinks it's the option that will get her from a to b i feel like sometimes it, it she, she might feel that with fun shan this is when i'm going to be I'm, fun and yeah, light because she always and bright she and yes calls herself fun this is yeah. fun shannon right and that's also because maybe she feels like she's fun at that point and that's a directive of like you are going to enjoy this part of me and you're not going to question how it came to be and that part of her is celebrated in that format yeah when you put like trace a bat amigas. when you yeah a batman type moniker mm-hmm. like trace trace amigas and that's what it'll be interesting to see how Tamara and Vicky support her even because they have a live show they have to do. They were trying to make this into a business like allegedly tequila or something or whatever kind of business. Vicky, poor sweet Vicky, the day after or the day of the do I forget which was posting some sort of like not Mark. Well, yeah, Trace Amigas kind of like, Amigas, come us, yeah. you know, look at us at our show and how great we're doing. And it's like, no, sweetie, well, Maritza, not, not today. Maritza, who I work with, got uh, us tickets to see Trace Amigas in Arizona. Not, so I'm curious if that is going to happen when is, what, what date is that? Is that this month? I, I think it was, it, it was October sooner maybe? rather than later. Yeah, it was sometime in October. There's no way that's happening. 
Yeah, I didn't think so either. And she hasn't. So there was her somebody, a source, quote unquote, from her camp or whatever, said that she is intending to enter treatment of some kind. Uh, it went from fall- treatment to rehab. It's it went no, it went from counseling to treatment, and then head, and then Daily Mail used the term treatment and added in rehab, rehab. which no one said. But there's the assumption that treatment means rehab. I love but that was Daily her, like, Mail and little TMZ. Wikipedia like each day summary. it was something different, and then Jeff Lewis went on his show and said. You know, I talked to her. He started with the counseling. Well, didn't you find it it interesting that uh, Tamara said, yeah, I I texted with her that day. She didn't even say any of this happened, which I thought, good, Shannon, do not let Tamara know immediately. Yeah, it was like the next day or that weekend. This happened late, late Saturday night. And then they had some sort of Trace Amigas business meeting. And Shannon was like, yeah, I'm just kind of like going through some stuff and seemed really down but did not say the but reason i'm going probably through some always stuff is going through i quite some literally stuff. went through some stuff it was the corner of someone's house like i literally went through a thing yeah. really stag i mean it's just the flooding back of her critiques of gina and of making such an irresponsible <sighs> dangerous decision and it's Ooh. like people will feel that regardless about driving while intoxicated it is putting the, your lives the life of Arch, sweet Archie Bador, the life of Ugh, the lives of Archie. who knows how many people could have been grievously injured or harmed by that decision. Well, it's, imagine like it's you're the walking best way in that... to create unbelievable life staggering kinds of harm. This is so crazy about TMZ. The they, easiest they, way. TMZ got the footage that we saw of the car from that like far angle. And I read this thing that the... I guess it was a grand, somebody's grandfather, TMZ was knocking on the doors the next day and got that footage. And the grandfather had never, and the grandfather sold that footage to TMZ of Shannon bonking And he said he got a deal. And it was like, he's like, I negotiated a Yeah, but can you imagine TMZ knocking on your door and just how that whole, that that other ecosystem in pop culture, like tabloid media works? That's fascinating. It's, it is also incredible. John Jansen. What do you think John Jansen's going like? I don't know, but the fact that they've been obviously photographed hanging out and that he's her quote unquote support when I think he is a part of the disease and is incredibly toxic. And I got into this, the the drinking buddy kind of dynamics of their relationship. I don't, I I made this meme three seasons ago. It was during COVID, uh, or, you know, was I, I, it was John and Shannon. I wrote professional drinkers because it reminded me of those relationships where they're like, it's three o'clock, it's five o'clock somewhere. Let's just have a drink and sit on the water. You know, it just seemed like that couple that just, they drink together. We saw it at uh, Bronwyn's uh, nuptials when she got, remember? I season. I oh, gosh. I know. They, they went to Bronwyn and Sean's nuptials it. and they had a room. Their kids were there. They had like a bottle of booze in their bathroom and they kept sneaking out to the bathroom to, to pour freshies and then go back to the ceremony at the hotel. And I was like, this is a couple that really just drinks together. Which is not to demonize people who are no. drinking or binge drinking or and may a... or may not have an issue, but it is to say that there is a dynamic here that feels incredibly unhealthy while they are not drinking, by the way. It just seems that drinking might be the kind of, you know, foundation of their relationship, which judging by how Shannon behaves when she's not drinking and when she is drinking is not a great indicator of the health and like sanctity of what they share. You know, it's another one of those things. Like I was saying earlier, like we can see Ryan Jen's dude that it's probably not a great guy. The audience can see that we can call this out immediately of like, you know, 
your relationship doesn't seem like it's the right guy and the alcohol doesn't seem to be serving you anymore. We can see that. We still love her. It'll be interesting to see how she deals with this in a very real way before cameras pick back up and what we will see potentially next season. Yeah, and a body in the room is not great support. And someone's version of support can actually be incredibly, incredibly detrimental to the idea of recovery, which Ooh, doesn't like need that. to be alcohol specific. Yeah. But like you have this person in the room, you think that they're helping you, but their help might come in an incredibly high cost. And it does not feel like this man is providing anything that would indicate healthful support, including you're not allowed to discuss the nature of our relationship or any anxiety or anything that you are quite literally experiencing when the cameras are up or down. That to me is not a great indicator of a man who's supporting your career, LOL, but also the role that you're playing in this dynamic and in this relationship. When Shannon was drunk at the party, she said, we are good. We just have fights that emotionally paralyze me. She didn't say emotionally. I think she said paralyze me. That paralyzed me. (laughs) That paralyzed me. That's pretty intense. Like, you you know, if, if something paralyzes you in the form of a relationship, that's automatically not good. Sorry, like I don't make the rules, but that's not good. We can't normalize the idea that you are not able to, that you are trapped essentially like it feels like shannon is i don't know she's kind i don't want to say she's spiraling but it's just it's it's not a she does not have a great coping system but she also doesn't have like a great operating system she just and i don't know how to resolve that because i think that surely alcohol plays a big part but i don't know what honesty from Shannon to Shannon looks like, you know? Yeah. I mean, here's my thought too, is that in terms of Bravo, the Bravo of it all, you know, we, we pick cameras back up for Scandaval. We pick cameras back up for summer house. We pick cameras back up. Well, we pick cameras back up for Beverly Hills this season, supposedly with Mauricio and that situation and Kyle, like, is this something where Bravo is considering picking cameras back up? They weren't. Thank God. That was my thing was because like, this is such a personal situation that I hope she is able to be given that grace um, before next season. So we're able to see the other side, hopefully that she's already working on this. I have no idea what their plans were for when production would begin again for the next season, but I think that's probably the conversation, but also who knows what Shannon is being advised by her attorney and who knows what will happen with Shannon and treatment. Cause what we have right now are words that are not being confirmed by her on the record. And we don't know, we don't know what any of this is going to look like. Yeah, but, so like, I would not want an Archie talking head, you know, like it was no. a dark night. I don't want like, that was the kind of thing of like, I, I going through to my mom's memorial. I had this dark thought of like, Oh my God, thank God I'm not on a reality show. And oh if I God. was, would have cameras gone back up when my mom passed? Like, thinking of those intense situations. And I think that's what gripped us with Scandaval mm-hmm. is watching like cameras go back up once we knew this information and, you know, it's potentially going to happen on summer house in Beverly Hills. It's really interesting to actually, when you actually watch real reality. Well, you know, Bethany lost Dennis two weeks before Heather Thompson lost her parent. I believe it was her father. I, that might be incorrect days before maybe. And, um, Vicky found out her mom had passed on oh, yeah. camera. So imagine being in that Ugh. position and then having to record, as you said, a confessional talking about it. I mean, the level of 
visceral connection that people feel to trauma no and loss. There's no distance, but also a part of your job is to like get into the words of it. You can't say this is this is an enormous pain that I don't know how I will be able to carry. They're going to say, okay, can you add like six minutes to that? You <laughs> well, know, like it's, yeah, that I mean, is. I mean, I think one of the last times I actually empathized with Bethany Frankel is. Uh, Frankel? Uh, what's her name? Is it Frank? Oh I, I call her Frankel. She really <laughs> Frankled it up. I, so on my show, I call her Bethany Frankel because I just can't. I can't do the actual. But. <laughs> probably the most. The life is not a. She Frankled. She's, uh, she's Frankling. Bethany Frankel in the li <laughs> life is not a cabaret to Luann. You know, that's the last time I really yeah. empathized and went there with her because it was such a passionate monologue that I felt came from such a true place. And she was yelling at Luann of like, I was, I got you into rehab and Dennis and this, and you saw the pain coming out. And you're from performing Dennis's it as death. like a part of a fun thing. And it's like, this isn't it, fun. And right, it was right, the, right. I mean, it was so real. Yeah. And I thought, and that was, that was what a year past Dennis's death when she filmed that or something like that. No, it was. What? I think it was very Quit. close to well, it. You just I saw think, real I forget, pain. I forget, so I was I wondering what kind of distance she had in that moment because yeah. it was so raw. Yeah. And it was like one of those really like just like goose pimples everywhere. Yeah. But also and also there's a t difference between time and distance. Because yeah. a year can go by, but the distance connected with like remembering that event and being so viscerally triggered can happen regardless of the calendar date. Although the calendar date is also helpful helpful information to know. Yeah, can we, if anybody can find that out for us, that would be great. Which P.S. Bethany Frankel gets us the date immediately. Bethany's like, I got it. I'm going to make a TikTok video. <laughs> oh, God. Which does connect to the experience of watching Meredith Marks <laughs> become so entirely undone. You hear me? Which the languages spoken. <laughs> there was like Gaelic in there at one point. It was I, like Lord of the Rings. It was like, Rrr! I mean, I had, when I was younger, I had a speech impediment. I couldn't say the word ours. And my best <laughs> friend was Sarah Moy Hardy. So I called her Savile Moy Hade. And I had to go to, yes. I had to go to a special, um, like a special, <laughs> I had to go like during elementary school, like one of the like subjects or whatever was like, I would go to this person who would like help because it was like my tongue or whatever. And I loved it because I got to shop. She always had like a little basket of toys. And I was like, hell fuck. And yeah, like you every time Wait, you, left, you went you could, to a speech therapist that also sold toys. No, she had like the little like cheap focaccia, little like the dollar store, little goodies. Yeah, yeah. which was a dream yeah. for obviously for any yeah. kid, but especially me. So I was like making my own clothes as like a literal <laughs> elementary school kid. Your poor parents are so, shoveling money right and left out for you. How <laughs> to give you a specialist? And that, by the way, if you, the, the galleys, if you had not done that, Sarah might not have been podcasting and it's. She might have a savings wait, account. Wait. No, truly. Um, P.S. This is so stupid. I I don't know that this will make the podcast. What? This is no, cool. This is no, 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 I'm about to tell you something that oh, might not make the podcast, which is I always joke about the fact that I have no money and I'm like in debt or whatever. Yeah. And I think I was thinking about this yesterday. I don't know how it came up in my uh, head, but I was thinking about the fact that I think a lot of it stems from like a stereotype that has been said about Jewish women in America, shall yeah. we say. And like the idea that money is a thing in that like all Jewish women sort of have money. And it's my way of like defensively trying to make a joke and say the stereotype isn't real. And I'm an example of it. But I did have I never look at iTunes reviews ever because people are 
horrible. It's it, like, this is a free podcast. You don't, you know. It makes me so sad sometimes It makes me when I do. so sad. People want to punish you for free content that you're getting. Because you'll be for, having a good day and then you see yeah, something. No, and, and it's just... like, you're the devil. You need to die. Your voice doesn't matter and the whatever. It's, it's wonderful. So anyway, um, but someone... I accidentally saw a review and someone gave it like one star, let's say, and said, you know, Sarah always talks about the fact that she doesn't have money and she makes a joke out of um, not having good credit, which is irresponsible. And I thought to myself, this person is giving me bad credit. (laughs) Like they you're saying you're saying I shouldn't say these things or make jokes, but you're in fact giving me bad credit. It's just like that's the other thing too. Is that, thank God iTunes. Irony. Thank God iTunes doesn't have the option for you to reply back to. Oh reviews. my God, people would be which is shot down so hard. It's I can be. so such a dick like I try not to let it out it's why I had to not have a Facebook in 2017 because I was so I can be so cruel well, it's it, very uh, easy for me and I can find joy from it's it just, so I try not to open that darkness I love the people like I'm wildly insecure like I don't even there's no bones about it I don't hide it like I'm it's it never changes but then people could give you a one star review and be like oh he's so and he says he's and, so insecure and he but, should be but really insecure but and I'll so be like she nailed it, it. you right. know like if people no, they'll, sometimes they'll say negative I'll be like, they got it. They get it. They get it. When I, when I hear negative stuff about myself, I'm like, they get it. Like they know, they get it more than the people that praise me. It's the worst kind of connector. Anyway, circling back to the speech impediment. So when, what, cause sometimes if I'm speaking, if I'm speaking quickly, I will forget the R's like I yeah, and yeah, it's, yeah. so I was watching Meredith and I was like oh this is the accent version of that where it's like if yeah. you are kind of becoming undone she's gonna travel the universe with her like spiritual duolingo of it all like it was... she was doing full-on anger google translate and I because I at a certain point I was like she's like slurring accents it was unbelievable the, it was magical and I also thought it was amazing because it was not just it was highs and lows, not in terms of emotional makeup, in terms of actual notes. She'd be like, the husband? And then she's like, you can't leave. It was incredible. It, I mean, like, I know Shakespearean actors that could not do that no, kind of range. You could, you could only wit Shakespeare in the park. And watching it's like Lisa literally Barlow Meredith Marks. Yeah. take Meredith out and really try to listen to her. And then Lisa Barlow going like, she's like, you, uh, the remix and the lies, you want to talk about husband? And and Lisa just standing there watching Lisa's her. Lisa's like she's in. I don't know what's happening, but she's truly. Spiraling. What yeah. a magical last ten minutes of this episode. I mean, they really set this up so amazingly. Where it just kind of it was like a farce that just really paid off in that last ten minutes. I have to say though, the other part of that is when I watched the episode the first time. I and this is again very easy me on the people's people's couch like being able to immediately understand thanks to the edit thanks to my perception of what's taking place what I thought was happening and what I was saying because I was like Instagram storing as I was watching and what I kept saying was like something is seriously wrong like she keeps referencing a sick child or sick children and I was like handicapped some kind of disabled disa- she said disabled yeah. and I was like something happened she found out information and she is being very specific for a reason and I got 
really mad at Whitney at the end for being like, you're just using this. This okay. is just like the whatever. You're just coming up with an excuse when things aren't going your way. And I'm thinking to myself, she's giving specific examples of what is intended to be a generalization. Obviously, something happened in her personal life before, which is affecting her reactions to this now. Okay, I totally agree. But I will say Whitney doesn't do herself any favors of when she brought that up. And her voice also is something that I always talk about in terms of we just automatically don't take her seriously because they'd be like, I think that's very weird that you're saying that right now, Meredith. That's a reaction. And it was completely... but. You have to you have to agree, though, that she does have a little bit of a point that Meredith does tend to try to bring in universal things that are happening. And what Whitney said in a very poor way of like, we all have really bad things happening, but she alludes to them. She makes it some sort of mystery instead of just saying what actually happened. Like last season, her what was it? Her her nephew had um, tried doing... to unalive himself right. and there was mental issues. And we finally got to that. But she was alluding to this. Maybe these are the things that don't allude to something like this. If you're going into a intense housewives dinner, just Conversely, if you see somebody in pain, you think something's going on. What you shouldn't necessarily do is be like, nothing is happening. You're just using but, this as an excuse. They're in their fourth That's season. Was... They're in housewife survivor mode that's what i'm talking about they're not they're not reacting to each other as real people i don't think whitney's issue was language used i thought it was the language based on the intention what whitney was saying was like we're all i'm negating whether or not i'm not it's not even negating whether or not nothing is happening in your life that isn't happening in everybody else's we're all dealing with shit so you can't use that which to me is not an empathetic excuse or kind of like pushback because if something is quite literally specifically happening to Meredith no it's actually not happening to Whitney and if she's going through something that's on her to express I just feel that Meredith has made herself to some of those women a woman of mystery we don't even know if she lives in in, oh, in, in yeah, Utah that's, that's so right. I think that's, that's right. sometimes 100%. where these 100%. ladies are coming at her with of like is this true or is this another mysterious thing that we don't know now I I do believe that something probably did happen that we will find out in this next episode that she will finally let us know. But in those moments, I find it interesting because this is what happens when you when you cast people that ha- aren't long term friends is that these people are like getting to know each other with low level fame thrown right. into the mix. So then by the fourth season, yeah, Whitney doesn't trust Meredith. Meredith said horrible things about Whitney. You know, there's a difference to me between saying we are all going through things versus it seems like something is going on on can you please tell us more Whitney is not saying obviously something is going on Meredith like how can we help you or what is it what Whitney is saying is like you don't have the right to use that as a reason to be upset because we all have stuff and I'm not into that as a kind of like pushback maybe under certain different circumstances but these circumstances I'm like no Whitney you're quite literally actually not like you don't know what she's talking about but me a total outsider watching this on the fucking couch is thinking (laughs) something happened with Meredith and a loved one or loved one's child it was very and again Whitney isn't in the dynamic in that scene with Meredith and Lisa I am so I have the benefit of having more information but I thought she was completely but, wrong but then at Copley's they're all going around tell us something that's a perfect time for Meredith to actually open up instead of uh, did you know that I used to visit my grandparents? In no, 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 no. The thing that you're going to say that people don't know about you is not um, a loved one's child is sick. Well, it, it's I mean, 
also wait, do not. We, did, did, did you actually find out if that so is that what's really going on? Our friend Dylan, aka Sweet Baby Dale, <laughs> had <laughs> Meredith. That's her, that's her yes, SBBD. She almost cried. Had Meredith on his podcast, and she mention talked about mention it all, and she did in fact mention it all, and she talked about the fact that there was th- something going on with the family member's friend, like the, their child was diagnosed with some sort of illness or condition, which obviously finding that out and dealing with the shock and upset of that was very connected to her upset in the moment where she's thinking about this thing that is very real and obviously upsetting and is going and to change the trajectory. Too. Right. And you add on alcohol to that. And it's like, none of this matters ultimately because of what my friend is experiencing, but also finding out that information, I would assume added on to a certain level of upset toward Angie where she was already feeling yeah. emotional. So some of that but got tunneled But that's another mysterious thing about Meredith. What is going on with her and Angie in terms of like, well, I mean, Angie is such She's a, so fucking dumb. I love her flop. so... Like, she's, such a, she's an iconic flop. She's so stupid. I, I love mean, her. She, she needs to she, be on for the rest of her was life. She literally wearing like a windshield on her face. Those sunglasses like, were... I like, could even not... Even Elton John was like, too much, Angie. Too much. Literally her outfits were like an exhibit she, in Ripley's Believe It or Not. Trying to it bring it true. so much, and that's it's what makes the me desperation. so. I love it. It's I love literally... watching the. That's what I. Somebody said that I was like, I really enjoy watching her try this much because it's just not working in any She's sort of way. She's terrible at and it. You can tell she wants She's, it so badly. She wants it so badly, and she wants to be respected. And like nope. the look of shock and upset of like not even Monica is willing to respect uh, I mean, me. Monica's like, I like brought her in, in so easily. I know. Well, Dude, wait, did you know? I just found this out. Did you know that Angie K is Greek? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> and also, I'm assuming the thing, because I think we got this in the trailer for the next episode, or maybe it was like for the rest of the season, that the thing that Meredith is um intimating that she could like share information about Angie and her family is that yes, like allegedly what, like there's the hug, some, you want me a husband? Right. Is that there's something about like rumors about him like maybe laundering money with like the Greek mafia, maybe? Dude, you do not want to start any financial rumors around any housewives shows because you'll go to prison now. Like they, you will go well, to if prison. You, if you did it. Yeah, but I'm saying it's so thing. dangerous to even start those rumors. Like there's are a housewives division it, or are you at the just FBI. talking about the fact that like this is the You thing said that's it being potentially discussed. is being discussed, but I'm saying if that goes on in the show, I imagine now the FBI is like, oh, these are easy pickings. It's I like mean, it's like traffic cops, you know? They're like easy speeding tickets at the end of the month. You just watch a housewife show if you're an like an FBI person, you're like, oh, it's an easy arrest. Or the FBI person is like, okay, I guess we don't need to onboard PR because we already have like examples of this person living their life absolutely terribly. Um, yeah, Angie, at, at the beginning, when I found out that she was full-time, I was very upset because I was like, she's such a I couldn't a joke. believe she made a second season. I couldn't believe it. And now I'm like, I totally get it. She's such a fucking idiot. Like, she's so bad at Did this. I love her so much. I might love her. In, I literally She makes stand. her own t-shirt because Meredith made those shirts of like all tricks, no treat or something like that. She makes her own shirt and tries to do a serve and everybody's like what i i think she's so dumb i love her but see that's why this shit like that's even like that like so bad it's good to me that's so bad it's good so it's so bad and so tacky that it in some way is enjoyable to the good. audience i think it's like maybe iconic but like we're all in on the it's joke. good in the sense that it's like it makes you laugh 
Yeah. Like, you know, it's like each one of those, it's like Mary Cosby right now. She's like, you throw, you kick it out to her for like a wild comment, but yeah. could she actually do a real storyline? No, no. Like I, I couldn't have an intense storyline about something going on in Mary Cosby's life. It would be way too dark. Yeah. I do need Mary Cosby's being some kind of weird offshoot Siskel and Eber, just judging people yeah. randomly. She gives you a great pull quote and then you just go on to the scene. It works perfectly. She wasn't wrong. I mean, obviously she was hilarious and someone being like, come you over and hang out. And she was like, oh my God. And I was like, I was thinking to myself, what the fuck is she talking about? Monica knew- gasped and I was like, oh, and then I realized, wait, what is pornography? You called me pornography. That doesn't even make sense. And then it did connect to me that she was taking a different interpretation, obviously, of the word predator. But Heather was shit can wasted and Heather pulls her head up and goes, she meant, what was it? What was the word? She uh, Predator. Predator. Yeah, predator. And then flops back down. Which, okay, we have to talk about the fact that like... Honestly, the amount of empathy, Heather. Don't, don't and I even are in a lead weird... with empathy on this. No, 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 no. I absolutely will. She's Heather, a VIP. Absolutely not. I, 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 who among us has not had a moment in public with stuff happening? I just genuinely feel sober. Even I just genuinely feel so. I feel so much like love for her in that moment to have to have watched back and experienced that and seen that in so many teasers for the season and like to know and then people are trying to figure out where it's coming from oh and what is it well, which whole it was Melinda Fister that answer that account uh he's a genius but I, when they I first saw it I just thought throw up so did I and he was the one that like turned me on to like no there's actual pee coming out and then I just and it who made among me ashamed, us Ryan but it made me ashamed that I didn't look as closely nobody at it. did nobody and did his beautiful mind did and then I was like oh my and then I thought the hat that fell off her head, like the, you know, she was wearing that like spangly oh, yeah, hat. Yeah. I, it looked like a shoe to me. So I thought like, then it looked like the pee was going directly into the shoe. Okay, we don't need hat. to go that specific. That's a little shoe graphic. Well, it's like, it's a Pruder film. You got to like, is no, a magic No, we bullet? don't. Like, we don't need to go too detailed. It's just like the, the ambiance of it. And it was shot beautifully. That is one thing I will give Whitney credit for, even though I know she didn't do it on purpose. She, she really didn't. I'm also a sympathy she, But the fact that yeah. she opened that door to get the perfect yeah. shot. No. She got the, if, per- they got the perfect 100%. And it would and if it was organic because she like really needs to get out of there. And like, honestly, if someone is like, could you imagine if it sick, wasn't organic? No, it's like sympathy pains. If you're pregnant, like if somebody is sick, I, and you start going that way, or if somebody cries, I will, it's just my body's reaction is like, yeah. you're crying now. Like I just, I completely understood in Whitney, like she needed to get out of there because she felt something coming and like poor that Heather. Poor, and also I that poor so, driver, I that driver, that I want to go fund me for that driver. And for the cleaning of it after bad that, things happen in Sprinter Vans. You know, I mean, it's certainly your office yeah, and office you don't want someone to do that at your place of work. But like also if Heather shows I, up with two black eyes the next day, I'm going to be pissed. She said something. She made some sort of joke about uh, the black eye at some point in this episode. And I was like, all right, this is fine. But she said she had five espresso martinis. That's intense. I've never had a single one. I oh don't do God. vodka. I only have Prosecco. And like if I'm feeling fancy on Prosecco is kind of, like, kind of my go to. But like if I'm feeling fancy, like maybe a glass of wine. But I don't I've had the first time I had a martini. I was at the Carlisle and it took me four hours to get through it. And like they knew I was like, well, this is the first time I've ever had this. I'm like being an adult and like, oh, the last and and walk me through it because I don't think oh, it tastes got, like gasoline. Last time I, I don't got, understand I got it. shit can wasted was the the kill shots of the the three martinis at the Regency when it, for the Roni premiere. That was like kill shot time. Like I 
threw. Oh, you I, saw me. I threw up on. I threw up That's, on the streets of New York by the comedy thank cellar. Thank you for sharing that. So sorry, you guys. That you was my Heather me, Gay moment. So I, so Tracy um, and I went together, and we we had a because remember she was like here's a gummy and I was like everybody has them. Oh, I took the gummy too. So I had a little uh, bit of the gummy, the gummy and then too. I was like nothing's happening, nothing's happening, and I walked from. Uh, 30 Rock to meet you guys at the Regency and I walked into the Regency and I was like something starts to feel and I was like I can't go wherever you guys are going was, um, but this isn't this is this gummy isn't kicking in and I remember people looking at me quizzically and then it was my I was, I was flying for I 24 was, hours I was out completely out of it I was obliterated oh, I was could do I, I mean I I yeah, it was bad. It was bad. We don't like, need to was, get into no, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was my Heather game. I can't moment. imagine having alcohol on top of thank that. Thank God I well, wasn't I some on TV. But like, yeah, it's just you. Just I really genuinely was saying out loud, "Oh no, oh Heather, oh no." She did more for her <laughs> reputation in my book of like not restoring oh, herself it, it to the people's princess. A hundred percent. I felt. I honestly was like, "Should this I DM makes up her?" For the Jen Shaw she, stuff. <laughs> maybe, maybe it doesn't make up for it. But I was like, "Who among us?" Like I genuinely like it was like you're watching this there's nothing you could do in that moment people have embarrassing stuff happen to them and i felt genuinely such empathy this is why i would never do reality television because i would be having too good of a time and then i would end up in a situation like that i don't understand so i've never had an espresso martini i know that they're very popular i don't understand it because is vodka vodka's a downer right and, and then you have espresso up, it jacks you up and do you what do you have Five that's like a dairy or a non-dairy an almond milk or something because i feel like that in your body just espresso and vodka it just feels like that would harm you. Yeah, it, obviously. That's what we see. I can't imagine and having a sip of, those, of it. I can't. My tummy like, is very, a sensitive flower. I can't do it. I'm not. I'm a very But I'm you a can also tell Heather is a fan of these shows to begin with because when she started getting that loose, she was like watching a television show. She was laughing at people, yeah. what they were saying. She was I like, would ah. have like, I would <laughs> have, I would have uh, turtle time my ass off with champs, but like, I just can't imagine. But, and then it's, everything's going crazy. It's wild. And then you're drinking and you're just like a part of it. And like, oh my God, this is a circus. It's, yeah, it's fun. And it's like, you're, the light's you're, gone. you know, you're laughing with everybody and it's, you know, it'll be interesting to see how she recovers from this. But then I did see a clip and she was already like, yeah, she was like bouncing around. So I think oh she's okay. Oh my God, okay. she needs to, I hope she had hydration. I mean, I truly, in that moment, listen, Heather has changed for me. I feel like we received too much information last season. I didn't like her behavior. I look at her differently. But also, I the, I could send her a sympathy card. I mean, like I really, truly- I'm not there she, yet with her, but I- I'm, You're not there yet as in like you still feel very highly or you still are I still like, feel a little lowly about her yeah. because no, I get of that. the Jen Shaw stuff. And I feel like it's interesting when she had that opinion this episode about, was it uh, Monica or who was it about where she, or she was having that conversation with uh, Lisa Barlow and Lisa Barlow about Angie Kay. And it was like, listen, Lisa was like, do we, should we be weird with you? Because you felt that way about mm. Jen. Should we trust? It's like, why are you I saying this about yes, other people? she said yes, though. Yeah, she said maybe. Yeah. And she was right. But I agree with that. I think <laughs> like, why are you throwing other people under the bus when that is your behavior? You permanently lived in Jen Shaw's asshole for those first three seasons of the show. Right. I think the difference for Heather is like, you're just doing this for clout. I'm doing this because I make bad choices. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's like quite yeah. literally what she was saying. She's like, I own, you know, doing too much to support Jen. And I do believe that she needed that support. Like I, I'm standing behind your behavior, but my behavior, but I think your behavior is strategic and based on like the, you know, caste system known as like housewife society. I would love to see her 
actually in a real relationship. I would love to see. We've what never that looks seen like. Heather we date seen, not we've ever. We've seen her flirt. We've seen her have one night we've stand supposedly, make... but like we, you know, yeah. Uh, but I would love to see what that looks like because I I listened to her uh, audio book. I let you know her history is pretty interesting and like how much was really based around that Mormon religion um, that I think makes Salt Lake very fascinating when they talk about. And she did really reveal very intense secrets about the Mormon religion. I heard it was a good book, but at that point, I was so angry about her behavior oh, I was that I was like, listening to it. I, didn't I realize- couldn't do it. I couldn't go near it. I didn't want to publicize it's good, it it's, it was, I, it was, it was one of I was the better connected housewives like, books that i've listened i 100 percent have heard it i heard that it's good and i'm sure it's a great read but i was so mad that she was using cons- audience significant concern about the possibility based on what she said on camera that she had been physically violated by a member of the cast and making that into a joke to promote the book and i lost my shit like i was but see, that's another person raging. like. So I couldn't, I like couldn't a, be like, I don't want to, I can't, I can't. There's shades of camera in there because we even saw that scene with Jen Shaw last season of like, oh, just throw it back to me. That'll get off the top 100%. of the like, Stop producing. Let us talk a little bit. Let, let, let the conversation yeah. happen how it happens. And also the producing that you're doing is around cast, genuine cast concern about the fact that someone may have harmed you. And she is making that into a joke. I was so mad because I thought this is. So and harmful I was and so upsetting and like uh, many people and the fact that it was set up as a joke in the trailer made me think that it was something that happened at like Beauty Lab or somewhere else where she had a or an allergic reaction and maybe something oh, else happened. Oh, do you remember all the theories? Everybody like there were right. like, thousand we theories. Re- it could we be a B. It, was, it could right. be this. We thought it was going to be like, oh my god, the reveal is that something happened to her eye, and then we find out, and then we keep it moving. Not that this is going to be a game of violence clue, which I think is so disingenuous and harmful and like upsetting. And the fact that she continued to make a joke out of it and then change her story on her book tour of like, oh, and, you know, production didn't want you to know, but it was this other thing and whatever else. I'm like, she can't get she dug herself into this big fucking hole of making this into a thing on camera. uh, And the thing being, I'm going to. Uh, you know, get attention away from you, Jen, by turning this it against the cast. It made me trust her as little as I trust Jen I know, Shaw. but then she peed, and I <laughs> honestly... And you're back. That's all... Guys, I if you're ever in a weird situation with Sarah, just piss in front of her. She'll I totally can't empathize. tell you. Her behavior, the whole, the entirety of the episode, I thought was like, honestly giving me what i needed like and then <laughs> and then the van came and then i understood <laughs> the liquid stuff this is really giving me what i needed really but i was like i honestly feel so much for her i don't think she'll ever follow me again but i honestly, oh yeah she unfollowed me yeah she, unf- she, she started to apologize to me in a dm and then she unsent it and then she unfollowed me yeah, she i was, I, was me. Raging. I, I, I had her on my show I was a real, we had a great interview she was gonna come on mine it was and then so that didn't it was so yeah. great and then i must have made a meme or something which you know and it bummed me out because I really liked Heather, but then this happened before even last season and then last season happened. And I was like, oh, she's kind of losing it a little bit in terms of like how fame gets to somebody. And then also the Jen Shaw element of it. I just still don't understand. And I think Jen is a toxic person. And you even see it in prison to this day. The fact that her team leaked that Elizabeth Holmes Theranos oh, friendship. Oh, so you know, which dark. is like, they literally brought up Shaw amazing abs yeah. in this like People magazine article, which yeah. I think Dave Quinn She's wrote. doing an exercise class. Like, I, yeah. th- how ridiculous you just see that this person is still like, we don't she's really change the, She's that chasing much. the dragon. She's yeah. chasing the dragon. And she's got a six pack apparently while doing it. I mean, and God bless her for uh, that. How long has she been there? Six months? It seems like she's cured cancer 
in six months. Like this thing of like, she's doing her abs. She's teaching people how to read. She's learning different languages. It really truly seems like, like an learning annex. It has to be driving her insane that this season is doing so well. And when the premiere happened and I was like, not really into it because I was still carrying a lot of baggage. And then I watched it a second time. I was like, okay, I get it. This week's episode. I was like, I will fight to the death for these women. It was so why it was yeah. so wild you know what that's it what, was when, so when good you, and i like when, and i know that you're like gonna laugh about like when good art like good you, you know this is i'm not gonna laugh it's like good art like that's all it takes to change people's minds 100 if you if something's give good, me one good week if so yeah if something's good people will automatically know that's good that will win people if you make a good show it's a good show nobody can take that away from you it might not get the best ratings in that day and day we don't care but it will build something and right it will earn it's rated high in my for heart show. honestly a hundred percent and also like is that then they can't change the needle of like if you don't like someone but like they're giving you great i yeah. mean you might you might continue not to like them but at least you can appreciate that they're on the show for a reason which yeah. some people may have forgotten and uh, it's it is also a great to me indicator of the spot of like listen a lot of people were really pissed at heather last season she under understandably unfollowed a lot of us because we were all <laughs> saying for her to go fuck herself repeatedly over the course of many weeks and now it's like okay we got it we experienced it do i regret it no and uh, and now we have enough capacity or at least like eyes and ears to note that like this is great right now and it's a part of the reason that it's great is because of her so it's like yes has our opinion of her changed sure and like for some people for some people not understandably and also like do we think that we have a different understanding of who she is Absolutely. But you always that say normalized change. You know, it's very normalized, normalized change changing your mind, mind about based people. Based on new information. Yeah. <laughs> That's close. <Each>, <laughs> you, <laughs> like you always say, make sure you go to the bathroom if you're on housewife. You always say that. But I, oh my I think God, that's... I feel so, so much empathy for her. Next season, we might completely love her again. Yeah, it's possible. And also, like, you know, you can carry the history of the fact that, again, you're... <laughs> say intaking information i forgot she's doing this for women's bladders everywhere (laughs) no but all but it it is true that like our opinions about people can become more nuanced as we see them behave differently or in a deeper way or in a way that's like cannier or more strategic that can change our opinion of who they are you're not taking a photo of me talking right now i'm not gonna post it okay great um That can that can deepen or shift our opinion of that person, and that can continue to deepen or change. It doesn't mean you need to forget stuff. It just means okay, I can appreciate you, and I kind of forgot how to do that for a while. Yeah, I I totally agree. It is actually it's good to talk to you out loud about this because it does change my mind when I talk it out. I'm like, okay, maybe I am, maybe I do have to have a softer heart when. Looking at Heather for the rest of the season. <laughs> no, I have a song. Who among bladder. us? Yeah. Who, Who among us? us? It happens. Things happen. <laughs> I know, by the way. And I hate that because I come at things from like this guy's, not a, like a tough Twice. guy's perspective, but you know, having to learn about pelvic flooring, having to learn about- Yeah, you, you don't know, need people, to have kids to have that yeah, happen. Yeah, people are like, you don't even Sometimes understand, you dude. Night. So like, I'll just think it's hysterical. And then I'll have like, you know, a hundred women explaining to me about pelvic flooring. And I'm like, I don't, I, I just think it's funny to watch somebody pee. I'm not really- uh, debating. Oh, no, I didn't um, even think about that. I yeah. didn't even think about the LOL of it. I was like, you know, I had a bad night, a New Year's in LA, and it was like these people, they were all very cool. And what's that cool part of LA that people live in? The East, whatever. Scientology Center? No. <laughs> 
and they were <laughs> and they started like name dropping people who've come to this party before and they were like oh jen and i knew immediately they meant lawrence and then i was like lawrence and they said yes and i screamed and then they were talking about oh aziz comes and whatever else and i was like oh, losing boy. my mind and i hadn't had a lot to eat and i had God forbid, I don't think I had vodka, but I might have. And it just, things happened. Yeah. Things happened in yeah. that rich part of LA with all the cool people. It was like, they were cool people. Uh, I mean, I've had nights things with happen. bad, I, like I, I've had bad nights at Sir. Like I've had bad, you know, things where happen. you're just so excited to be in those moments. And if you have liquor on top of that, it just even adds to just the whole mess of everything. Like Heather, I just, I like, we see each other, you know, like it just, I really, my God, I, the, it's a, a real new beginning. <laughs> A real new beginning. Listen, Ryan Bailey, I could talk to you all day. I know this is so flipping you fun. You're do. coming on allegedly, my show hopefully next week. Yes, and, I would love to. We're going to um, schedule that offline. Yeah, no, let's have <laughs> we. No, I'd rather the audience here. <laughs> um, Ryan Bailey, tell the EGs where they can follow you on social and um, episodes that you've had up this yeah, week. You've had so, a crazy week of apps. So bad it's good with Ryan Bailey on Instagram. Uh, first week over at Betches was awesome. We had Sophie Ross on Monday, which is normal. We had Dylan Hay for from mention at all we had uh god who uh oh, oh, the comments by celebs girls came jared on. was on jared was on jared freed. Uh, jared freed was on um taylor lorenz is coming next week who wrote this oh. awesome book about the internet sammy sage is back on there's a whole we got a lot of selling the oc cast um Shout from netflix oh, great. Uh, and yeah so it's really really exciting so if you if you haven't go listen to an episode see if it's your thing or not i just did a salt lake recap uh yesterday that's on there and and um, that's it. But yeah, support right now. So Betches doesn't think that they made a mistake in having me a part of their team. <laughs> um, but other than that, I'm just really thankful to be here talking to you, to be talking about Bravo and pop culture again, and to hopefully see how this helps me heal uh, with everything that's been going on. And there are so many ways to support podcasts and podcasters that do not cost a dime, a la follow them on social, like and quite literally yes. engage with their posts. Yeah. Leave a five-star review. Believe it or not, if you love a podcast and leave a four-star review talking about how great it is, it hurts the metrics for the pod. So leave a five-star review. Do you ever it see those reviews not on your own, but like I'll read somebody else's reviews and it'll be like the most amazing podcast ever, three stars. Because you're basing like, did they it- accidentally? No, because it's like you're basing it on the idea of like what absolute perfection would be, which I understand. But it, this isn't it's a different kind of I like a daily show. Like, this isn't. Uh, yeah. I mean, when you do it's daily fiber, shows and so stuff, it, it's, it really it's not going to be like perfection. Ever. It's not uh, trying to think of who's like like Daft Punk in the studio or something. Honestly, it's really not a reviewer problem. It's an Apple problem. But the only way to make it work is to leave five star reviews believe it or not because for yeah. fuck everything and else. i'm so trying that to gain i'm trying to like, subscribe i'm trying to gauge interest in and in being able to do live shows eventually i know sarah's done tons of live shows but man what a dream would it be we to come one. to new york and do you know you and dylan and like i mean to an actual new york space how cool would that be so yeah. the more you interact with those things and that i know you're out there 
the more that I won't feel foolish to try to do a live show. See, you know? and I have potty humor. So you were like, come to New York and do you. And I just started laughing immediately. Do, do. <laughs> I just started laughing. Wait, wait, guys. How hysterical would it be if I pissed in Sarah's office right now and that's where it would end? She, I was like, you thought it was so content, cool when Heather did it. Literal <laughs> content. Ryan that literally will, pissed in the closet. That would go on my Patreon. Number one way to support the podcast. You get exclusive bonus episodes and so much more. There's a Satchel Spectacular going up this weekend with your thoughts and feels on Shan and... Uh, bunch of other stuff connected to Orange County, Salt Lake City, and uh, New York. And there's another one. Is there another one? Are we down to three now? Yeah, because Atlanta's well, done. Well, but and you're not a Southern Charm person, are you? No, I need to you catch You should get into up. it. No, I watched the premiere. I loved it. I talked yeah. about it on a episode. The Patreon second episode was really good last night. Okay, so I completely forgot, and also I have capacity issues, but... I talked about the first episode of Southern Charm on the Patreon for an episode that went up a couple days ago, but I do want to watch this season. I just, I'm not going to be the person that's like watching it live, but I do, I'm going to watch the new episode and I would love for you to come on Taking It Personally, which is our non Oh, you have the TV show that, that all, yeah, all the other I TV shows, right? Yes. Show. Yeah. Also known as um, continuing on this feed, which is why everyone needs to subscribe. And it's about non Housewives and often non Bravo TV. Are you watching the newsroom? Not in the newsroom, uh, morning show. I mean, morning Jeff show. Daniels being Morning show, great. are you watching morning show? Yeah, we could talk about it's that. It's ridiculous. Yeah, so um, you're, you'll come back on a, maybe you'll come back on and do a tip with me. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Ryan Bailey, thanks so much for coming to the office in New York. Thank specifically you. Just to record this episode that and do literally nothing I else. I feel like I'm in a place of history. You are, and this is great American history. Thanks so much to everyone for listening, and we will chat with you soon. Bye-bye. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.